It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are go sippy, yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mine Every night in my dreams I see you, I fling you, that is how I know they suck their mums. Wow. Moment of inspiration. My EP will be out soon with all of my wonderful remixes involving straws and telling people what to do with it. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. It is me, Kalechi. I didn't think that I would be here um, Not that I didn't think I'd be here Like I'd be dead But I just didn't think I'd be here So quickly recording another episode Because I was so happy with the whole two week vibe But I'll explain very very shortly Why that is the case But anyway In case you haven't guessed Or you're just a weirdo That just listens to random podcasts Without knowing their title This is SYM Officially known as Say Your Mind Unofficially known as What What That's right Suck your mum And my God, there are many people that need to follow that instruction this week. So I'm your host, Kelechi, a baby girl of baby girls, Ben's Panani womanist, all of them things there. Yes. Um, This week is, you know, obviously leading us up to International Women's Day, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Uh, Please check out my page on International Women's Day. I would have probably been doing bits and bobs that I'd like you to watch. Um... Bigging up the black women who I think have made um, immense contributions to our society as we know it. And yeah, you'll be seeing that on my page on Friday 8th of March. So yas. Um, so let's 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 get into it. Let's get into it. I just want to make sure that I haven't missed out any announcements. Like I said, obviously, you know that I'll be doing the TEDx Sud- uh, Sussex Uni talk on the 18th of March. So I hope that you all have like got your tickets if you're planning to come along it'll be lovely to see you all um I'm really looking forward to it I feel like I said last week like I feel like my speech really really bangs like not tooting my own horn but I just think that hopefully it will resonate with a lot of people um yes like I said I wasn't even planning on recording an episode this week but the madness is too much like the, the the wildness that's been taking place is just too much for me to be like you know what I'll talk about this in two weeks time because I don't get it I don't get it what is I know that Mercury is probably back in retrograde now so I don't know if that means that everyone's using their technological communication devices um with their eyelashes or with their toes to type out some of the things that they're doing But really, communication is just off key right now. People don't know how to behave. So I'm just here because I feel like I need to talk about it. Um, And in talking about it, I feel like there's some advice in there for us um, in the tarot. Now, usually when I pull the tarot cards, right, I pull them just before recording and 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 that's it but there's a card that just kept popping into my head all week which is another reason why I knew that I had to record an episode the card kept popping into my head popping into my head it's the four of swords now I'll show you for those who are watching on YouTube 
I'll show you the image. Basically, we've got um, a figure who is meditating by some water and we see the swords reflected on the water and they're just mountains and it just looks real, really tranquil. Um, and I just think that, you know, it's a really interesting card. And I think the reason it kept coming into my head is because I was listening to I think it, you you now you must just guess that I'm obsessed with those super soul conversations because I want to do one of them with Oprah. But anyway, um, I was listening to one and, and Oprah asked the woman, like, how do you know, you know, like, how do you know when you're doing the right thing? And she just says, you know, I practice stillness. I practice stillness. And, and then, you know, I just know. Or I think she asked her, what is the, what, how do you know that it's God talking and not just your voice? And she was just like, well, when it's your voice, you hear words and, and it's, a, it's a more of a hearing thing. But when it's a God thing, you just know. And I've like, I've been trying to find a way to, to put that into words, to articulate that for myself. And I haven't heard it said so well, because that's ultimately what it is for me. Um, a lot of people ask like, you know, Sally in HR, how does this come about? How does this come about? How do you get these ideas? And I feel like all the ideas that I have that seem to do well for me in life come to me in moments of stillness. And it's in that stillness that there is just an innate knowing. There is a God self knowing of what you need to do next. Like I don't feel like God necessarily talks to certain people with words. I know some men say that he does, like then pastors will be like, oh, and I sat down and God said to me, but even when they say that, I think that they just, um, I think that they're just using it as, as a just something general to, so people can understand. Um, I mean, some people hear, some people see visions. It's, it's different, but there is a knowing. And I think that I've always been a child of, of just knowing. If I'm still enough, it's almost like the idea or the thing just comes to the fore. It just comes forward and that's it. There was, there's no guessing, you know, it's just there. And so... This card, Four of Swords, kept popping into my head because I know that I'm being asked, especially with all of the things going on in my life at the moment, I'm being asked to find moments of stillness because it's only in the stillness that the messages that you that, that you need that will drive you on your path, you know, towards your destiny or on this journey of your destiny. It's that stillness that will allow you to get the information that you need because this world is so loud this world is so fucking loud and you just if you don't have moments of stillness no one's asking you to call it meditation no one's even asking you really to call it prayer but they're just asking you just to be still be still and let the messages come to you then and so the four of swords was something that, an image that I kept seeing in my mind like four of swords four of swords relax make sure you take a break don't overwork yourself because I feel like growing up in a Nigerian household being a black woman you feel like your value is inextricably linked to your productivity so you're always trying to be productive all of the time um and it's hard and it's a hard habit to break because I can say to my mom, you know, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And my mom will still go to me. Ah, oh, it's such a shame that you're so tired. Yeah, please rest. Please rest. I can't even find somebody to go to the market for me. If someone could just quickly go to the market for me to go and buy me stockfish, I'd really appreciate it. And obviously you're saying that because you want me to go. I don't live any, I don't live near my mom. So I would have to drive to, from where I live in Bermondsey to Peckham to then go to Peckham market for her and then take it back to her yard when my mum could just walk, you know, she could just walk and go and do this stuff herself. But it's that, it's, it's that idea, I guess, also as being like a girl child of being 
a Nigerian girl child, I don't know, that it's been embedded into my psyche that I must always be productive, even when I'm trying to rest. And that you you won't get what you think you're going to get out of it. You're not. You're not going to get what you think you're going to get out of it. So it's just best to just relax. Um, and that's a message I'm trying to take on for myself. And it's 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 very, very difficult. And I speak about it in my therapy sessions. But yeah, the idea of the four of swords, I think we're all being asked right now while everything is so extremely mad to fall back, like fall back and, and take it easy. Um, and then when I picked up the image and I looked at it, when I picked up the image of, um, when I picked up this card, the Four of Swords card, and this is from the Kaleidodope deck by Crystal Banner that I just absolutely love. I tell you guys every week. I picked up the card and I'm looking at this image. We don't know. Um, I like that we don't know um, that they haven't made it like look like a man, as it were, or look like a woman, as it were. It's just a figure, a figure that's meditating. And then you see the halo of enlightenment around their head. And instantly I thought of um, the Bible passage where it says, um, be still and know that I am God. That was interesting to me because even in the Bible or whatever holy book that you um, as- ascribe to, that's not the point. The fact is, it, it says, be still. It didn't say go running. It didn't say go to the market for your mom. It didn't say like go and do all of these things. It said, be still and know that I am God. And it's again, the term knowing. It didn't say guess that I am God or decide that I am God. None of that. It just said, be still and know that I am God. And I think that in what we're being told in that is that there's only so much that we can do as spiritual beings in, um, in a meat sack, in a physical body, there's only so much that you can do. And you have to recognize that after you've done your percentage of whatever it is that you can do, you have to be still and pretty much surrender and let God, let the universe do the rest because you can't do it all. That's that's the whole point of this. You cannot do it all. I can make the most banging content, the most banging content in the world, which I think I do with this, um, with this podcast, with all the other fucking things that I do. I know that I make incredible content, but it's not for me to decide the day or time that that gets the recognition or the, you know the mass recognition if it ever does that it deserves that's not for me to decide that's for God to decide all I can do is be still in the knowing that God is God and I'm a child of God and that is going out to all of us like you're if you're stressing yourself out stressing yourself out because you think that you can control what happens in life you'll die early you know you'll die early so just Take it easy. Do the percentage that God has assigned to you and then leave God to do the rest. And then don't micromanage God in it because that's part of the stillness. You can't say, look, God, look at me. I'm a baby girl being still. But FYI, um, when are we going to be done with all of this? Because I have Oscars to win. No, you can't. You've just got to let be still in the knowledge that God is doing what God is doing. And, and, and I think that that was and a message that that I really needed to get out this week. It was just like praying on, on, like just on my mind. And I thought, you know what? I'll save it for next week. I'll save it for two weeks time. Boom, drop the episode. And then I won't tell you what happened next. I'm going to save that for when I do share your magnificence, but everything's connected. Everything's connected. Um, So the card that I did actually pull from the deck, apart from the four of swords that I wanted to talk about the card that I actually did pull from the deck is a major arcana card and it's the strength card. 
It's the strength card and it's the eighth card. Well, it's number eight on here, but actually it's the ninth card. It'll be the ninth card in the deck. But even the number eight, number nine means so much. Eight, we have the sign of eternity. Like all of this will continue as, you know, all of this continues. So we've got the sign of eternity, but also the number nine, the number nine of like um, spiritual elevation, the number nine of evolution of change. So all of those all of those things play in my mind. I always think about that. And three being such a master number. So really what I get from the fact that I kept seeing the four of swords and then I pulled out the strength card is a major life lesson. We're being told here that the things that we need, the doors that need to open for us in life aren't going to open by our own strength. It's actually going to open by the fact that we are still and, and, then the miracles happen. Then the things happen. Nobody's saying stillness doesn't mean idleness. No one's asking you to be idle. They're asking you to be still internally, like breathe, understand, know that everything is working in your favor. Like this has been rigged. This life has been rigged in your favor. And when you start to understand that, when you start to believe that everything becomes so much easier for you. And, you know, I'm glad that I have um, a podcast in like going back to those episodes by Oprah to really help me fine tune what it is that I want to put across sometimes. Um, some of the episodes I'm like, mm, don't like it. But that that one, um, that one really stuck in my mind. And also there is strength in stillness. I can't remember the specific poem by Nairi Wahid, but there is somewhere where she says you do not have to be... Um, you do not have to be a fire to every mountain that blocks you or something. You can be a water and water your way out of things. I might have just paraphrased terribly. But basically, she's saying that it's not everyday gra-gra. It's not everyday wahala-wahala. It's not everyday like you're coming with everything with brute, brute force. Brute force doesn't necessarily prove strength, you know? It doesn't. So it's about thinking about the other ways, the, the, the gentler ways that you can get to your destination that have more grace, and in therefore it shows more strength so it's considering those things as well so if there are aspects of your life right now that you've just been for the longest time like bashing your head bashing your head against it trying to make it work the way that you want it to understand that things happen the way that they should and sometimes you have to be surrender and you have to surrender and be still and let them happen as they will. Um, and then from the say your mind affirmation card deck, this is the card I pulled. I pulled the card that's really, really cute. Well, just big up Georgina Elizabeth that designed this. It says here, I attract people with short lips and short throats. We have to intentionally ward off the audacious people who use their long lips and throats to spout things that could mess with our energies. The universe will honor our discernment by aligning us with people who are better suited to us. And I feel like that even covers what we're talking about in all of these cards. Like just let the universe do what the universe does. People are audacious every day of the week. Like literally some people I feel like have chosen that their assignment on this earth is to aggravate every motherfucking body. But that is not, that is not our business. You can't let that mess with your energies. You have to still be, you have to still find, find stillness in that and persevere because when you do that it allows for the universe to do its work and this is a major lesson to me because anyone to, I'm all about chat shit get banged or get, chat shit get blocked 
Not all the time Not all the time Because when you decide That you're going to take it upon yourself To right the wrongs You put yourself in further wahala You put yourself into further drama Let the universe do the work Like you mind your business And let the universe know That you don't want people With like long lips And long throats in your life And they will start to move As they should So basically that's the tarot For this week And I hope it resonates with you all Do remember to like Message me, email me on sym at kalechiokafor.com And let me know how you're getting on with these messages Um, Because I know it's meant for more than just me I know it's meant for more than just me So let's move on to Share Your Magnificence Which is actually linked to all of this Everything's connected So my Share Your Magnificence this week goes out to Demetrius Demetrius is a baby boy Um, I've mentioned him on the show before Um, Demetrius really, really touched my heart He really, really touched my heart this week Because there I was Having this Four of Swords message in my head Like, oh, you need to go record this episode And you need to talk about the fact that That you've heard Be still and know that I am God You need to go and talk about this I was like, look I'll talk about it next week, man I ain't got time I'll talk about it next week In two weeks' time I'll talk about it and then I go and look at my DMs and Demetrius has sent me a message. Now I'm going to read it. I hope I don't make him shy. I hope you're not shy, love. Um, I hope I don't make him shy by doing this, but he's just such a baby boy and I need to share it. So I see that I've got a DM and usually when I get DMs on Twitter, I just get aggravated because it's someone asking me to do something probably for free or just, it's just annoying or asking me to repost or I, I just don't want to know. Um, But when I saw that it was Demetrius, I was just like, no, this is going to be lit. This is going to be cool. Um, And it says here, Demetrius wrote, Hi, Kelechi. I hope you're well, despite the Lammy and Stacey shenanigans. Uh, I thought, seen as though you said the SYM podcast might be a fortnightly thing and the Patreon is off, I'd like to send some money your way to contribute. You may not be doing it weekly, but recording a podcast still costs money. Do you have a PayPal or something similar so I can throw some cash your way? Happy to put this in an email to SYM, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Thanks, Demetrius. And... It made me shed a bit of a thug tear Because I just thought like Wow So this message is coming to me Be still and know that I am God And I'm like I'm not ready to go and deliver any Jagga jagga message I'll go and record in two weeks Um and then Demetrius messages and then he says, oh, you know, um, I'd like to contribute to what you're doing with the podcast Because um, those who are long-time listeners, you know that I've switched off the Patreon Um And then I looked at the amount that he sent And I just thought that covers like a few hours of recording So now I don't really have an excuse to not go and record an episode Especially because this message won't get out of my head So um, I messaged Brent I was like, yeah, can I I record an episode and and get it done? But um, it's just amazing It's It's just amazing how God works And God works through such... Kind-hearted and um, beautiful people Like Demetrius has been a supporter of this podcast From pretty, from the beginning Like comes to the live shows Like just, just everything And it means so much that a black man Would invest so much kindness and love in me Like I can only I can't help but to put it back out And 
I said it before and I'll say it again to me that those are the things that really show black love. It's not about focusing solely on romantic relationships. Look at the community. Look at the, the women around you, the men around you, the non-binary people around you and, 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 and think of how you're showing support to them and in a platonic way. Look at, look at those things because those things matter as well, not just your romantic interactions. And I just say like, you know, you're blessed, Demetrius. Thank you so, so much. Like you're truly a baby boy out in these streets. I appreciate you immensely. And you just have to have all of the slaps on your chest. I don't even think two slaps is enough, but let's just do two. Thank you, Demetrius. So that's my Share Your Magnificence for this week. Um, I was going to mention No White Saviors is one of my Share Your Magnificence, but I, to do that, I'd have to talk about something that I'm going to talk about later on. So yeah, um... Now after the positivity Let's get into the shitstorm No no need to kind of drag it out Just launch right in So Nigeria Has spoken Although I don't believe that Nigeria has spoken You know <sighs> This week in So You Mad I feel like Nigeria Nigeria's government is still mad Like very, very, very mad I don't understand How that fucking travel blogger um, Buhari has now got a second term Like how has he got four more years To to do his nonsense I, I, I don't get it Like the young people of Nigeria The old people of Nigeria Like everyone is struggling Under this Governor, like uh, uh, under his governance, and yet nothing seems to be changing. Like my man disappeared for how long to the UK to come and get medical treatment or whatever. No one knew where he was, and just why wouldn't you have the dignity, the integrity to just step the fuck down? Why must you continue to to rob the the country of? The presidency it deserves Why? And then I don't even feel like Necessarily the the candidates The other candidates were, were worth much more To be honest I just feel like everything's rigged I know earlier I talked about This universe being rigged in our favour But this, Nigeria feels rigged Against its citizens and, and that is a problem That is a major problem Even the way that people go about doing the voting I feel like it's rather um, It's rather archaic and, and something needs to that that whole process needs to change in order for there to be more transparency. I don't really I don't really buy it. So when I was going to talk to you about um, later, on, I'm going to obviously you know I'm going to talk about Stacey Dooley. If you've seen the title of this episode, I'm definitely going to talk about Stacey Dooley and comic relief and that. So I was going to bring you the book by Chinua Achebe that um, that's called. Um, what is it? Education of a British protected child But instead for some reason I brought There was a country which is one of his other books There was a country A personal history of Biafra So whenever you guys um, Are asking me about book recommendations This is one of them There was a country A personal history of Biafra You can see I've proper brocked up the book Because I, I refer to it quite a bit When I'm doing my learning Because you know not to be elitist It's important to read books As part of your theory um, As part of learning theories Before you come and spout them On social media No shade um, Yeah, before I get to that bit There's a bit that I liked That I just wanted to read There are two bits that I liked That I wanted to read It says here um, So this is uh, Ch um, Chinua Achebe Talking about the time that he 
his experience of the Biafran War, basically how we how we got there. If you don't know what the Biafran War is, I'm not going to educate you. I'm not going to use the time to educate you about that on this podcast. You have to go and look it up. It's very very significant to me, being half Yoruba, half Igbo. So you can go and look it up. Just type in Biafran War and go and read up on it. Um. So it says here, Chinua says. During my visit, we were educated about Igbo landing in St. Simons, Georgia. According to the local law, Igbo landing was the site where an ill-fated slave ship called the Wanderer had run aground. The valuable cargo, the captured Igbo, were taken on shore while the crew rescued what they could from the bowels of the ship. While the uh, while the crew was distracted, the story continues, the Igbo made a suicide pact deciding to walk into the ocean and drown themselves rather than allow the slave, mer- uh, the slave merchants to sell them into bondage. Locals swear that the shores of the tragedy are still haunted and that on a clear moonlit night, a visitor who stands really still can hear the howls and agony of death. I don't know if that brought your move down, but I just thought that was really interesting. And then it um, reminds me of that uh, part where Killmonger wants to jump into the ocean um, in Black Panther. Obviously, we're still waiting for me to be in Black Panther too. But um, I just thought that that was really interesting to me. And the reason I say that, obviously, I'm going to bounce off it later on when I'm talking about this Stacey Dooley stuff, is that you look at the extent that that the Igbo people went to in order to avoid living in bondage. Look at the extent that they went to. They would have rather taken their own lives than, than, than to allow for themselves to be enslaved. So when people like Kanye, that fucking idiot, like to say like slavery, slavery, that sounds like a choice. Shut up. Shut up because you don't know about, you don't know about the revolt. You don't know about all of them things that, that these people were doing in order to, in order to disrupt and dismantle a system that was so violent towards us as black people Just shut your mouth And don't speak when you don't know what you're talking about So I I really, really enjoyed that passage And I'd implore you to read the whole book But anyway, regarding the Nigerian election This is really what I wanted to read to you And it's, I can't, when was this published? So he wrote this I don't know when he wrote this but he wrote this years ago. Let's just say that. I'm going to check the front of the book because people will be like, it's probably there at the front of the book. Um, yeah, I'll come back to you on that one. But um, Chinua Achebe is no longer with us and he writes this and it's still relevant. Today is the point of my argument. He says here in the section, State Res- um, Resuscitation and Recovery on page 250. He says here, many pundits see a direct link between crude oil and the corruption in Nigeria, that putting in place an elaborate system preventing politicians or civilians from having access to petrodollars um, is probably a major part of a series of fixes needed to reduce large-scale corruption. For most people, the solution is straightforward. If you commit a crime, you should be brought to, uh, you should be brought to book. Hold people responsible for misconduct and punish them if they are guilty. In a country such as Nigeria, where there are no easy fixes, one must examine the issue of accountability, which has a strong 
component, which is, has to be a strong component of the fight against corruption. Every Nigerian knows that there should be accountability, that people should be accountable. But if the president, the person running the whole show, has all of the power and resources of the country in his control, and he's also the one who selects who should be probed or not, clearly we will have an uneven system in which those who are favoured by the emperor have free reign to loot the treasury with reckless abandon, while those who are disliked or tell the emperor that he's not wearing any clothes get marched swiftly to the guillotine. Nigeria's story has not been entirely one long unrelieved history of despair. 50 years after independence, Nigerians have begun to ask themselves the hard questions. How can the state of anarchy be reversed? What are the measures that can be taken to prevent corrupt candidates from recycling themselves into positions of leadership? Young Nigerians have often come to me desperately seeking solutions to several conundrums. How do we begin to solve these problems in Nigeria where the structures are present, but there is no accountability? Other pressing questions include, how does Nigeria bring all of the human and material resources it has to bear on its development? How do we clean up the Niger, um, the, um, the Niger Delta? Um, what do we need to do to bring an end to the organized ethnic bigotry? How can we place the necessary checks and balances in place that will reduce the decadence, corruption and debauchery of the past several decades? How can we ensure even and sustained development and so forth? And what would be a big and, and that would be a big debate to keep Nigeria busy for a long time. The Sovereign National Conference that was held a couple of years ago was a good idea. I believe the concept was right, a platform to discuss Nigeria's problems and challenges and pave a path forward. However, the execution was not. Debate about a nation's future should not turn into an excuse for politicians to drink or feast on meals in Abuja. It should continue for decades in small forums, in schools, offices, on the radio, on TV, in markets, in our newspapers and on the streets until we get things right. Most advanced nations in the world constantly appraise and reappraise their country's paths and destinies. I foresee the Nigerian solution will come in stages. First, we have to nurture and strengthen our democratic institutions and strive for the freest and fairest elections possible. I, I just told you. That will place the true candidates of the people in office under the rubric of a democracy, a free press can thrive and a strong justice system can flourish. The checks and balances we have spoken about and the laws needed to curb corruption will then naturally find a footing. A new patriotic consciousness has to be developed, not one based simply on the well-worn notion of the unity of Nigeria or faith in Nigeria often touted by our corrupt leaders, but one based on awareness of the responsibilities of leaders to the lead on the sacredness of their anointment to lead and the dissem um, disseminated and disseminated by civil society schools and intellectuals it is from this kind of environment that a leader humbled by the trust placed upon him by the people will emerge willing to use the power given to him for the good of the people that felt like a long fucking passage but i had to read it in its entirety sorry for my stumbling um i haven't had breakfast anyway um that says all that I really, really want to say about Nigeria until these structures and, and, and are kind of dismantled and we start to look at a new way for Nigeria to grow. And basically, it can't be decided by the people who are currently there because they're only going to do things to protect where they currently are. They're not going to want to do anything that will change and then their power will be relinquished. They wouldn't want to do that. So what 
I'll be really, really interested in speaking to the young Nigerians who are at the fore of making these changes, what they plan to do and how they plan to go about it. Like, well, I, I'm taking myself to Nigeria anyway. That's all I know. I'm not waiting for any pussyclaw organizations to take me to go and film a documentary when they waste my fucking time. Um, that's the story for another day. But I'm going to Nigeria. I'm going to do a pod, um, a series of podcast episodes in Nigeria talking to the young um, people out there about what's going on and their view of it. Like, I can only speak from my political perspective, like, but I want to hear what my Nigerian brothers and sisters and non-binaries have to say. Um, um, my siblings, what my siblings have to say, that was much easier. Gosh. Yeah, my what my Nigerian siblings have to say about all of this. So I'll be hollering at you lot in a bit. So um, that's for Nigeria and its fucking travel blogger called a president. Um, and now I'm into Chloe Kardashian, Chloe Kardashian and Jordan Woods. I think that this whole situation is hilarious. Now, you know me, I'm not really into doing like celeb gossip because I feel like there are other podcasts that do that so much more enthusiastically than I ever could because I don't give a shit about those motherfuckers. But this one is especially uh, pertinent for me to talk about because the Kardashians as a machine are very used to getting their lifeblood from black men, sucking them dry of anything that they have to give, um, and also taking all of their inspiration, all of the their, their, their cultural capital, their social capital, their social relevance from black women, while simultaneously hating and vilifying black women, except for their good, their their good black girls, their good handmaidens, um, handmaidens that they have on the side, like Malika. So Jordan Woods has been accused recently of um, sleeping with Tristan Thompson or Tristan Thomas. Is it? Let me just check his name because I don't really care about him and his long head. Um, but basically, she's been accused, and Jordan is Kendall Jenner's friend. If this means nothing to you, don't even worry because I we are in the same boat. This is I just find it laughable that the same man teeths like Chloe, Chloe, a whole you. Don't forget French Montana and Trina, a whole you. Now you want to come about, come on about. Oh, um, this Jordan is breaking up my family. You before you even got with Tristan, he was with a girl. Who was pregnant with his child So Surely by that Just by that formula You were also going to get cheated on When you also became pregnant Like he cheated on you all of those times You took your L Then Jordan comes along Allegedly having slept with Tristan And that's who you have the energy for Okay Wow Yeah Tristan Thompson I was right Um, But that's who you have the energy for Which I think is incredible And the Kardashians aren't dumb They like to pick black women That they think can't fight back really um, Black China She tried for a little piece She couldn't keep it up And so they They now pick on Jordan And think like Yeah this is perfect She won't be able to fight back We're going to shout over her Nobody's going to listen to her But thank God for the Smiths Because Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith Jumped up in that bitch And they did a red table talk And Jada did a red table talk With Jordan And usually I wouldn't watch Those kind of things But I watched and I just really admired how they allowed for Jordan to have an, a, a, an equal platform for her rebuttal about the whole situation. Because black women often don't have equal platforms to challenge the Kardashians when the Kardashians move mad. But the Smiths 
gave that they allowed for that to happen with Jordan and Jordan was then able to put her point a point across like I know I shouldn't have gone to his after party but you even yourself Chloe are you not ashamed of yourself you and your blockhead are you not ashamed of yourself shaped like a dragonfly are you not ashamed of the fact that your man mm-mm, had an after party and you weren't even invited and you had to start asking this 21 year old girl oh was he dancing with anyone were any girls over him that just tells you the lack of presence you even have in your own relationship and the lack of presence he has in your relationship that you'd even be asking that question and this young thing has to make your feelings better by not telling you that oh he tried to lips me and just say yeah 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 it was all good nothing major happened you know it was just a calm night because she knows that it would break you so she didn't tell you but Obviously, Chloe had all of the energy. Oh, you've gone onto the red table talk and you lied. You're not being honest. And if people are asking why I'm not cussing Tristan out about this, it's because he's the father of my child and I'm speaking with him privately. Oh, so you can speak with him, the one that's cheated on you millions of trillions of times. You can speak to him privately, the one that's actually disrespecting you. You can speak to him privately, but it's the black girl. It's the black girl that you have energy for to try and drag publicly and ruin her life. And this is what the Kardashian machine does. When the black that they've claimed they're the soul of starts to misbehave as they see it and it's a naughty black, they then jump on social media, use every media um, a channel that they have to their advantage, basically e-news, and they start this campaign of... Like, they did it with Lamar Odom. Um, they did it with um, Reggie Bush. Like, same with Kanye. The moment Kanye does a little piece that, that, and he steps out of line, they come at him as well and then they, they go back again. All they know how to do is ruin the reputations of black people when the black people don't play ball. And... I struggle to understand when black people, most especially black women, tell me that they admire the Kardashians because I'm like, what exactly do you admire from those succubi? What do you admire? All they do is suck the souls of black people to keep themselves relevant. I don't I don't see what you admire there. They're very, very dangerous. But again, I guess it's because some of you want their lives. You feel like their lives are lavish. And you too want a piece of that But there's nothing there They're vacuous, vacuous little demons And I'll say that with my entire chest They they have no regard for anything sacred And I mentioned it, was it the other week About them putting Biggie's face on the, on, on the t-shirt Like you didn't even check with his mum Who the fuck are you? What? Why do you think that you, you have such access to black things And you can just do what you like with it? It needs to stop Boxer braids my back foot Fucking pussy clots Like it's, it's, it's disgusting to me the way that they came at Jordan, knowing that they too have done similar, most especially Chloe, like you too have done similar, but you have all of the energy for this black girl. And I also thought it was interesting on the Red Table Talk when um, Jordan was now saying that she now realizes that the energy that she's getting because of all of this is racialized, is because she's a black woman. I'm like, oh, oh, so it's today that you now realize that you're a black woman. And this is the thing with all of these girls that like to roll with the Kardashians. You, they are using you for their um, social capital. They're using you to be relevant. But then when they've gotten everything that they need from you, they're going to discard you and then they're going to badmouth you. And they only like black girls. They only keep black girls around them that they can control. The moment they think that they can't control you or you become too successful in your own right, suddenly there's a problem. Suddenly there's a problem I struggle to understand how Serena Williams and Sierra And all of them girls there Are even friends with them Kelly Rowland I I don't I don't get it 
Like I feel like I'd be like Beyonce up in this situation Like I don't want anything to do with them I don't want to be um, You know Connected to them in anything In anything whatsoever Um and I just wish more black women had that same integrity because all you are going to lose way more than you gain by entering into a friendship with them. And all of it is incestuous anyway. So I just think it's audacious of Chloe to now be like, oh, um, I know that you slept with him. Or even if you did kiss him, you're breaking up my home. Your, your home, I can't even say that the home was broken because the home never existed. The wolf would not even have come to blow your little piggy house down because you hadn't built anything in the first place. That's that wasn't your man. That's just a baby father. Calm the fuck down. And I I like that. I appreciate that. In terms of black people showing up for black people, the Smiths were able to show up for Jordan in this situation and just put a halt, a halt. On what the Kardashians most, Namely um, Khloe Kardashian The nonsense that she was trying to pull But like I said in my tweet The only reason that Khloe Kardashian's life is like this Is because she is trying so hard To be Kim She's trying so hard to be her sister Kim And that's why everything Because she's not living her authentic life That means that everything she's getting Is from the reduced for clearance aisle That's all she's getting The man, the surgery Everything about her is from is, is from The reduced for clearance aisle And that's why her life looks the way that it does Because she's not trying to live her authentic She's not trying to be her authentic self Whatever that might be um, and I just thought I'd put that out there Because I'm tired of their trash I'm try- tired of the way that they try to silence black women and st- While still stealing from black women I don't, I don't appreciate it And that's just on that, whatever um, So anyway, let's get into the real, the real shit uh, With Straw of the Week A.K.A. Suck Your Mum If you haven't guessed it already Obviously, I'm talking about Stacey Dooley and Comic Relief Uh, All of last week All of last week I was being asked to come on radio stations TV shows to come and talk about this issue And I just point blank refused Because first of all Where's my money? That's what I want Money But none of you are offering me money But you want me to come and give you my opinion And give you my knowledge You can all fuck off So I didn't do a single interview I didn't do a single thing I kept everything on my page On my Instagram and my Twitter I wanted to keep all of my bits there I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out here I'm not going to be out here Helping all of you to, to have Robust news pieces When you're not respecting my time By giving me money I'm not interested So you can go and get anyone else who's available That's willing to step up to the plate Because I refuse You can go and get them I don't care They can be my substitute No shade Um, This is why I said I wanted to big up No White Saviors As part of my Share Your Magnificence Because they're actually out here They're campaigning for the fact that Africa does not need white saviors Like we had all the missionaries Come through, ruin everything We don't need more people To keep coming and coming and coming And they've never stopped The scramble for Africa has never ceased It has continued till this very day And we're all just so, so tired of it So big up no white saviors For calling out Stacey Dooley For her um, comic relief um, filming That she was doing for uh, In Uganda 
I just really appreciate them telling her about herself because nobody needed you. You're not needed. You're not necessary. Go away. And I'm so tired of this white gazy. Oh, let's go to Africa to go and see the poor people. Oh my God, I never believed that they were living like this. Oh my God, my hoop earrings are shaking. Oh, they're shaking. I can't believe this. They're so poor. God, how can I help? How can I help them? Fuck off. Fuck off. Just fuck off. Go away. Go away. Piss off. It's really, really, really aggravating. It's really aggravating that people don't seem to understand that Africa is not a country. First of all, Africa is a vast continent, a massive continent, massive continent that has suffered so much abuse, so much, so many atrocities in the name of white benevolence. And we are tired. So Stacey Dooley's doing this documentary um, in Uganda for comic relief um, Looking at all of the, you know, where the money's going Like, oh, thank you British people for your little two pounds a month And all of that stuff Look at where it's going to help these people have water And have like medical bits and that Oh, Obviously it turned into a massive As the internets like to call it Turned into a massive row And I hate that word row Because it just means like People on both sides are mad And it's only your side that's mad It's not me and you together that's mad You're mad Um and obviously then David Lammy got involved Which I just think like muddied the waters For want of a better term Like So David Lammy ha- Was Tried to follow me on Twitter at one time And I had to soft block the thing Because I don't buy it I'm just going to point blank say it I don't buy it I don't This is the same person who During the When all of that stuff was happening in Tottenham With Mark Duggan and all of them things there While it was still a peaceful protest This man came up on TV talking about their thugs you know, they're thugs before, before it even turned into what you can call a riot He was calling black people who were peacefully protesting He was calling them thugs um, He's the same person that said that gang violence Is because um, of absent black fathers So this is someone who has actively Been working against the black community in this country Then all of a sudden um, I'm hearing that he had a road to Damascus moment And now he's doing this whole rebrand And suddenly he cares about What's happening to the blacks um, He jumped on Grenfell He jumped on Windrush Now you can't say that to people Because they'll instantly Get up in arms with you And be like Well Kelechi At least he's trying to do some good And at least he's realised The error in his ways And I'm going to Shut you All of you lot Shut up as well man Until I sit down Face to face with David Lammy And put my points across And he can He can tell me To my eyeballs How he's changed And why he's changed I'm going to be sceptical And I have every right To remain sceptical Because I just think it's convenient That suddenly You care about the things That are happening to black people And you see how much TV time How much airtime it gets you When you're like The spokesperson For all things black So You've now jumped up to go Oh Um you know, Stacey, we don't need your um, This is white saviorism We don't need this poverty porn Blah, 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 blah But in your in your haste to be the black person Speaking about this issue You didn't even take into account That you're a black man Speaking to a white woman in that way Obviously, the media are going to spin it They're going to spin it And then go for the traditional Traditional storyline The traditional narrative That big black bully Bullying white angel Pure angel 
Because then you took away, I feel, you took away from what we should have been focusing on, which is the very legitimate concerns of the fact that this foolish goat, this foolish frog took a whole ass entire black child, held the child, took a picture, posted it on Instagram and captioned it, obsessed. What are you obsessed with? Is that a child? Is that a human child? Or is it an Anya Hindmarch um, a, a handbag or a Lulu Guinness handbag? Or is it, is, or is it a human being? Is that child not a human being? Now, people can be like, oh, but she probably got consent to take the picture. The consent does not matter in this situation because the power dynamics are so, like, there's such a disparity in the power dynamics that it doesn't matter if the parents gave you permission because I don't even feel like they're in a position really to understand what's going on and what the, the, the machine that they're feeding into by letting you take a picture of their child. That little baby did not even want to be in a picture with this girl. She's all there skinning up tea at the tea, uh, at, 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 at the camera. The baby's just looking down like, bitch, if you don't put me the fuck down, if you don't put me down right now. The baby didn't even want any part in her picture. And I'm just so tired of white people going to Africa, as, as they like to call it, going there and just taking pictures of the of these happy little poor black children. Oh, they're so happy. And she even did an interview talking about, oh, they hardly had anything to eat, but they still offered me food and it really touched my heart. And I just thought... Again, piss off I've heard so many times Oh, they hardly have anything But they're so happy And it made me look at my life That I have way too much That I don't need Shut up Stop making our existence As Africans The antithesis to your existence Of affluence Fuck off Fuck off Go away Go away It's, it's, it's maddening So anyway um, No White Saviors I went on their Their account They campaign And they uh, have um, a website and they put up this story that really, to me, it just sums up the danger that there is when white people insist on going to go and do their good, specifically in Africa, because they can't do their good. Well, or, or they'll go to like India or somewhere. They'll really want to go somewhere to make themselves feel better with their lack of qualifications. Like you can't boil water without burning it. But you think that you're the perfect person in this situation to come and build a school or build a well in my country. First of all, go and learn to tie your shoelace. When last did you bake um, boil baked beans without burning it? When last did you make yourself breakfast properly without your mum getting involved? When last did you wash your own underwear? But oh, you want to go to um, Africa to go and do good because we're we're all we're so backwards, we're so behind that we need you. Um. So on the nowhitesaviors.org, there's this story. When white saviorism turns deadly, American missionary played doctor, children died, when will there be justice? This was posted October 15, 2018. Pictured is Renee Bach, um, an American missionary who moved to Uganda at the age of 18. She's not a doctor, not even a nurse. With no formal medical training, Miss Bach started experimenting with medical procedures she'd learned from YouTube. When I first visited Uganda in 2010, I was 20 years old and chock full of white savior complex. I volunteered for three months at an orphanage in Uganda, and I really believed I was making a difference. I fundraised for my trip, raising thousands of dollars from, from, my, from family and friends to fill a role that was absolutely not necessary, even though I believed it was. The Ugandan women who cared for the children in the home were far better equipped to love and care for those children. They knew the culture, language, and were a constant in the lives of the at-risk kids who came into care. One of the hardest 
But most important lessons I've learned over the last eight years has been that good intentions are not good enough. No matter how well-meaning I I have been or continue to be, the impact of my actions on the community I claim to be helping far outweighs my goodwill. While in Uganda, my white savior complex was only reinforced as I met other young white American women who had moved to this same town. Ginger, it's called here. Um, I watched in awe of young women who moved halfway across the world at the age of 18 with no experience, no college education. They were starting organizations and adopting children. How amazing. If they could do it, why not me? So I did. With only a bachelor's degree and a little to no experience, I co-founded an NGO in the name of Um, in the same town as Renee Buck and her project, Serving His Children. Initially, I admired Renee for her sacrifice and tireless commitment to helping children battling nutrition. It was not until January 2014 that my perspective really started to change. There was a child referred to our centre who had previously been at Serving His Children. That's Renee's organisation. He and his grandmother stayed with us for several months um, while he received much-needed medical care. The day after we had received some good news about his heart condition, he died of a sudden heart attack. His three-year-old body had been through a great deal of stress and it it had finally given out. We found out that this little boy had suffered a severe case of malnutrition and was brought to Renee's NGO. They got him fat and healthy and then sent him home without so much as any consideration for the root cause of his malnutrition. There was no follow-up, so he fell sick again. So sick that his body was not able to come back from it this time. Renee and her social worker at the t- at the time at the time came to our office to discuss this case. As I made it clear, I held her partially responsible for this child's death. I explained that she, uh, that had she tr- um, had she training or experience in child welfare, she'd know how critical it is to follow up on cases like this. I was frustrated at that point, but all I was asking was that Renee and her team do better follow up um follow and um, follow up moving forward to uh, prevent kids from falling through the cracks and ending up right back where they started it was soon after this that my concern moved to terror as i learned that the poor follow up procedures were far from the most dangerous thing happening at serving his children it was reported by multiple parties that Renee was actively practicing medicine on children that came to the center she had n- medical professionals on staff but she herself with no medical training chose to actively treat and respond to serious medical needs of children in crisis then they've posted but here um, a screen capture of a blog post that Renee put up on her serving his children website um but they've now taken all of those things down but obviously things live on the internet whether you like it or not um anyway in the screen grab you can see that it says here um, here you can find a detailed account of just some of the direct self-taught medical care this american missionary engaged in she writes i hooked up the babies of the i hooked the baby up to oxygen and got to work as i took her temperature i started an iv checked her blood sugar tested for malaria and looked at her hb count i was attempting to diagnose the many problems that could potentially be at hand and after doing a search for blood around Gingertown, we found her type and it was a match. We started the transfusion. According to previous volunteers and former staff, the above account is nothing compared to the high-level medical practices um, Miss Bark would engage in at serving his children. Taking children from actual hospitals and medical centers, Renee and her team would bring children back to the center 
in Masezi, um, Renee herself would openly talk about how much she enjoyed hands-on medical care. An unknown number of children have died in the care of this centre. Proper protocol was not followed after the children died. So it would be quite challenging to find the total number of lives lost due to this serious negligence. Then they've put up a picture here of Renee. She's in a room. Her arms are out like that, like she's Jesus. Um, and it, she's in a room that's covered with pictures. And in those pictures, wall to wall are photos of malnourished children. Everyone's tried to hold this woman accountable, but she's managed, because her family's obviously got money, she's managed to sidestep any responsibility for the absolute atrocities that she's gone and committed in Uganda. Now, that's one story. No one's out here saying that Stacey's doing similar. But what I'm saying to you is that that's how dangerous it is to keep having these comic relief, keep having these documentaries about, let's go to Africa. Let's go to Africa and our gap yard. Let's go to Africa and our gap yard and go and save the world. You're not doing anything. All you're doing is perpetuating a very, very myopic view of what it is to be African. I'm not saying that in these countries, these children aren't suffering, but it's not your, it's not your motherfucking well that's going to change that. Like you're focusing on the system, like the symptoms we're focusing on the malaise, which, and the malaise is white supremacist patriarchy. The malaise is colonization. The malaise is the transatlantic slave trade. The malaise is the destabilization of governments that try to do any good in these countries. You man will come from America, Britain, everywhere, all across Europe. You guys will arrive to come and destabilize these governments because you know that for them to have any economic power would mean that you can't access their natural resources the way that you're, you're used to. But the thing is, these people aren't being told, the citizens of these countries aren't being told that this is what's being done in their name. So then they believe that their little international aid that they're giving will suffice. Ask yourself where the money's going. And then because you're giving your little two pounds, five pounds a month, you think that you can chat shit about these Africans. Like I used to work in charity fundraising. I speak about this all the time. I used to work at one Dege Dege call center, raising money for various charities. And I was just disgusted by the number of people I would speak to on the phone who would go, yeah, hello. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind giving money to these countries. But like, my issue is, like, why do they keep having children? Why do they keep having children if they can't feed them? Like, I can't keep feeding their children. I've got to feed my own, you know? So, um... You know, they should just stop having children. My, my, I feel like my opinion on it is, and it's just my opinion. I feel like you should sterilize them all, sterilize those women because the men are just sleeping around, sleeping around with HIV and all of that stuff. Just sterilize all of the women and, and put an end to that. And I'd have to listen to this on the phone and not say to them, you know what? You can go fuck yourself, you dickhead. This is what was happening all of the time. You start to give white people a false sense of superiority when you keep perpetuating one singular, inaccurate, incomplete narrative of Africa, this vast continent. Because what you're doing is you're robbing your people, you're robbing your whites, you're robbing them of history, you're robbing them of education, and you're doing that rightly so because you want to uphold the fallacy of white benevolence. That is what you want to do. Now, Instead of 
shouting and shouting and shouting in this situation. Like this affirmation card says this week, I attract people with short lips and short throats. We have to intentionally ward off the audacious people who use their long lips and throats to spout things that could mess with our energies. I refuse to get like embroiled in um, the the spat because they really wanted me to weigh in on, oh my God, David Lammy um, um, lashes out at, um, lashes out at Stacey Dooley and then she, like a fucking idiot, comes on Twitter to say, David, is it because I'm white? Genuine question. Whenever white women say genuine question, I know that it's the most disingenuous question in the history of white womanhood. Like, it's a loaded question. Is it because I'm white? That means that you lack the understanding to understand to understand the role that you are playing in this situation and how damaging it is if, if and when Africa is going to make it out of this burial ground that you have subjected us to. Like she, she wanted it to be about her race as opposed to the race of the people that you choose to do this kind of stuff to. And then Comic Relief put out one disgusting statement about, well, she's made documentaries all around the world covering different issues. Yeah, and she's covered all of them from a, just a very narrow-minded, white, gazy perspective. And they've all been shit documentaries. Really, really sorry to break it to you. I don't know why she's your nation's sweetheart, but she's shit at reporting. And I say that as somebody who has, has put in so much effort to have a documentary made about something specific um, that I want to talk about in terms of Nigeria. And at every point, white um, um the white superiors in this organization have tried to stop, even to the point where we planned to get the flight tickets for me to go off and film this documentary. They stopped it because they were like, oh, um, we feel like Kalechi has some views and we're not quite so sure about it. But Alan Sugar can have certain views. All of these people can have their wild views and do the things that they're doing that's detrimental to other people, but they continue. All of their shows continue. But it's me that you want to stop making the, the positive change that needs to be made. Like I can give you a well-balanced documentary in a way that this fucking Stacey Foley cannot. But oh, let's invest all of her time. Let's invest all of our time in her. Same with advertising companies. They approach casting directors or um, you know, agencies. Find us, find us this sort of girl for this campaign. And you keep bringing out the same people, Stacey Dooley, all of these girls who are colorists. Like you keep doing the same thing over and over again, not giving the people who can actually do the job properly a chance because it's about numbers, numbers, numbers. Those numbers don't mean shit. They don't mean shit when you're putting people in danger. So anyway, Comic Relief are like, well, we stand by her and we make no apologies. We've raised so much money and we make no apologies. They kept everyone, Stacey and Comic Relief both together, kept referring to the money that they had raised, that the British people had raised. And I'm saying to you, you've raised that money on the basis that you have made Africa diminutive. You have raised that money based on the fact that you have infantilized an entire continent in order to make these white people feel like they are being benevolent and altruistic when really they are not. That it's simply a plaster over an entire knife wound, over an entire knife wound for no reason like you, you you your plaster is not going to cover any of this it's not it's not going to fix any of this because the actual issue is governmental is structural that's what needs to be addressed and then I've got white women jumping in my mentions when I've posted about this on my Instagram talking about oh well as much as I see where you're coming from I'm angry because it's like all of the whites are being blamed and all we want to do is do good and da 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 so you've come to cry in my mentions and I don't know you from anywhere. You're sending me messages in my DMs to come and cry about the fact that you feel like all of the whites are being attacked. And how do we go about doing good then? I literally gave you suggestions. I gave you practical, practical suggestions straight after. 
straight after I put up the post that you're crying about. But you don't actually want change. You just want to let me know that your white feelings are hurt. And I need to let you know that I don't give a fuck. I don't give a black fuck about your white feelings being hurt. How about that? Because until things change, until black children aren't dying because you want to go and experiment on your gap year, I, I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Until then, I do not want to know. So Stacey can get a straw. Comic Relief can get a straw. White women that want to come and cry in my DMs, in my mentions, they can also get a straw. I'm not interested. All I'm here for is the... Just the promotion of the integrity and humanity of black people That's all I care about For everyone to understand that we are humans Incredible humans, such creative humans That's all I care about And the card this week really, really spoke to me Because it just said, be still Be still and know that I am God So instead of coming to argue with you, man And getting embroiled in all of the drama That's what I was going to say before Instead of getting embroiled in all of that I went and made my own comic relief video Well, mine was called Seasoning Relief I went and made my own video And, you know, satire I'm going to use my creativity Because rather than getting distracted by your racism I'm going to continue to use my creativity To appease the people To entertain the people And to empower the people That is all I care about The rest of you can fuck right off So anyway, that's it for this week It's been a real one It's been a long one My name is Kalechi Okafor And this has been SYM Officially known as Say Your Mind Unofficially known as What What? That's right Suck your mum You can send me letters to SYM at Kalechiokafor.com If you want to find out about Like classes like Poland and that Stop DMing me And definitely don't call me Kelly Because I don't know you like that um, You can send me an email On info at Kalechnikov.com But that's pretty much it Thank you so much for listening Thank you Demetrius And thank you to all Everyone who supports this podcast And who tunes in to listen Week after week I appreciate you greatly I'm out Peace It's the Ben's Brunani woman It's baby boys Baby girls You need to hear this Sit down Sit down Receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready For the tea We are gonna sip it Hard time scrolling For your long trots might learn something you never know Could let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you're mine Say you're mine